Elisha is really good at coming up with these little phrases that stick in your brain. One of them that we shared with you guys before was low drag, high impact. And the other day he was recording on a podcast and he mentioned that we want to think big, but act small. And that just stuck in my brain. And I've been really focusing on that concept. And so tonight we're excited to share that concept with you and how we work that think big, act small concept into the giant five areas of our life, which you guys have probably heard us talk about before, but it's faith, marriage, children, health, and using our God-given abilities to serve and bless others. So anyways, I'm super excited to jump into this podcast. Thank you guys so much for your ratings and reviews. If you wouldn't mind clicking on those five stars, if you haven't already, that really helps get this podcast out and available to more people to listen to. Or if you took the time to sit down and write your words to us, that would just be so encouraging as well. We love reading your reviews. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in big families that were fun, impactful, and relationship-rich. Now that we're a family of our own with two young children and our third on the way, there's nothing that excites us more than seeing what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go! Welcome back to the podcast. Wow, it kind of feels like it's been a long time since we've been talking, huh, Katie? Yeah, I'm like giddy, you guys, that we get to record because our last podcast was an interview that we pre-recorded like three weeks ago. Yeah. And so it feels like forever since we've actually been able to talk to you guys. Yeah. It seems like a bunch has happened, I guess. Yeah, that's true, too. I mean, I, yeah, I almost killed Elisha with dinner tonight. Yeah, that wasn't what I was going to talk about. And I don't even think you almost killed me. I did. I'm Well, close. I gave him barbecue chicken pizzas. He probably doesn't want to talk about this right now. <laughs> but the chicken was old, I guess. And so we're going to try to get through this podcast before you, like, can't handle it. Yeah, I feel fine. I think I'm going to be all right. <laughs> what I was going to talk about was how summer is now in full swing. It was like 90 degrees today which I think is far different than how it was last time we were recording an episode. Yes, that's true. And then also you're like mega pregnant, very ready <laughs> mega pregnant. to have our baby. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. It was, I mean, we were talking about this. It was literally overnight where it was like, oh, wow, my belly is filled with the baby now. Like yeah. I go to give Elisha a hug and there is something definitely between us. But we will not let this child come between us, will we, Katie? Yeah, no. It's going to strengthen our marriage. Not long term. <laughs> Not long term. That's right. We're really excited. It's getting down to the, the home stretch with this pregnancy. Yeah, we're two weeks out from when Leon and Lucy were born. Right. Which is crazy to think that we could have a third child in two weeks. Yes. Wow. And what's crazier is to think that it won't be here in two weeks. I really hope that's not an option. <laughs> I don't want to be pregnant still in like three or four weeks. Oh, sure. Well, it'll come just at the right time. 
Yes. That's for sure. Okay. Well, as Katie already mentioned in the intro, today we're going to be digging into, it's kind of a phrase, I guess, that you and I use. We have been using it a lot the last couple of weeks. And the phrase goes, think big, act small. And it, I mean, really, and it, it's it's what it sounds like. It's kind of self-explanatory. But Katie and I, as you know, many of you already know, Katie and I like to dream and we like to do vision casting sessions for our life and what we feel like the Lord's put on our heart and where he's leading us. But then oftentimes, I know that I can speak for myself and that for most of my young adult life, I've been really good at talking and dreaming and planning, but not so good at taking action and, and applying discipline to towards those dreams and and uh, and visions but katie has really helped me in my daily discipline and i feel like we've just grown together i was gonna say i think we've helped each other because i likewise would dream really big and then i would take small actions for a very short amount of time hmm. so like maybe a week or two and then I would be like, I am not getting the results I'm seeing. The grass is always greener on the other side of the fence. And I would pivot. I'd pivot way before you were ever going to see progress in a certain area. Right. Right. The follow through wasn't quite there. No. <laughs> yeah. So Katie and I have implemented the saying, think big, act small, just to keep us motivated to keep taking the little actions that are necessary to see substantial growth and progress over amount of time, any amount of time. Um, in, in any area of life, you know, tonight we're going to talk about how we apply this to our giant five, which is our faith, our marriage, our children, our health, and then working within our God given abilities to serve and bless others. And, uh, and we're going to break that down starting first and foremost with our faith. And, but I do think before we jump in, yeah. you were talking about the importance earlier, just of thinking big too, yeah. because I feel like um, acting small is very popular right now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of books on willpower. You know, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy is an incredible book. Yeah. But I think that that is such a trending thing yeah. where it is our small habits. It's the daily disciplines. It's the things that we do consistently over time that add up to big results. Yes. But we need to stay motivated to take those small actions over time. Yes. And I would love if you would just like explain that a little bit more too. Sure. Yeah. Like you were saying, there's not very many people that argue with the concept of the necessity of acting small on a daily basis to see substantial growth. That's just kind of people accept that as being the way life works. That said, being motivated enough to consistently take those small actions is a whole other story. And I think that that's where I've seen the importance of both thinking big and acting small. Now, I think that the term 10X has become really popular over the mm -hmm. last couple of years. In our circle, it has been anyways. You want to 10X your business or 10X your health or 10X your freedom. And uh, But the reality is, is, is that it actually is easier sometimes to 10x your growth than it is to even 2x. And the reason is, is because when you think 10x or 10 times, you know, your vision, you want to really blow something up, then that's an emotionally exciting vision. Usually when I think of, you know, 10 times in our income or 10 times in our, our business or 10 times in our, the romance in our marriage, uh, that's really fun and exciting. And that makes me far more I guess, likely to take those daily disciplines, take those small steps on a daily basis to get to that 10x level. Whereas if it's just 2x or doubling something, that's not that emotionally exciting. 
Would yeah, you agree? it doesn't get your blood pumping. It's kind right. of like if we were going to make our marriage, you know, half a percent better or, you know, yeah. double. I mean, double sounds good when you're considering marriage, I guess. But in certain areas of life, if you're just taking these tiny steps, what is easy to do is also easy not to do, yes. right? That's yes. a popular quote by someone who is famous. Yeah. And so I just feel like we need those big goals. We need the big vision in order to be excited about getting up every day. It's like if you're getting a 50% raise, not a 50%, a 50 cent raise. Yes. That's not going to like make you stoked about your job. Right. Where if you're getting like, you know, yeah. If you know that your small actions will lead to a, a, you know, a jumbo raise. Yeah. Then it's like, Oh, I can see how that will impact my life. I will see how different my life will look if I take these small actions today. That's right. So I think it's just really important to, like Elisha said, keep the big vision and dream and expand our vision. Some people like Elisha and I have visions that are kind of astronomical. And then I've also run into people that have a hard time dreaming Yeah. and they don't even know what they want in certain areas. Yeah. And so I think as a result, it's easier to coast through life and not really know what you're, what you're even working towards. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah, and so it's it's really kind of acknowledging that the small steps are what is needed to grow, but then also accepting the fact that you're not always going to be that motivated to take the small steps. And so you have to get out in front of that and say, okay, well, what will motivate me mm-hmm. in those seasons and on those days where I'm not feeling the emotional, I guess, motivation to do the small things? Yeah. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think people will lean towards being one or the other, basically. Like some people will really dig into the acting small. Some people will really think big. And well, I can say, yeah, I wasn't planning on sharing this, but I think that I've thought, I know I've thought about this a lot over the last five years and that like there's somebody that's been in my life since I was a child. And when I evaluate my life next to his, I realize that I was the person that naturally would think big and would think of the why, like, why am I doing this? What's the end goal? Where is this getting me? You know, what's the Lord's purpose in all of this? And I would ask big questions, and then my daily discipline was very lacking. And so I'd be contemplative or contemplative and try to study the meaning of life and what my purpose was and what how I could impact the world. But then when it came down practically, I was really bad at just living life. You know, I would sleep in, I would not eat healthy, And I would not really take those small actions that are necessary for growth and impact. On the flip side, this other person that I grew up with, maybe he wouldn't have as clear of a long-term vision or he wouldn't even really ever think about why he was doing what he was doing. He just did the next best thing every day. And so if he had a commitment at six in the morning, he would wake up at five in the morning to give himself time to prepare, you know, himself for that meeting and he'd get to bed early and he'd eat well and he'd exercise and he'd always get good grades. And those are two, I think, kind of stereotype, stereotypical personalities Mm -hmm. that I was able to kind of like grow up. And I think somewhere in the middle is where we want to be. Yeah, for sure. Because I think it's easy to, after you've taken all the steps to do the next best things, sometimes people's vision runs out. And they wake up and are like, I've achieved everything. I have the good job. I have the good house. I have the marriage. I have the kids. What's next? Yes. And I think that's where, that's the fear of not dreaming big. Yes, I agree. It's coming to the end of the road. 
and being like, I did all these steps that society laid out for me. Exactly. School, like school will keep you in line. Yeah, exactly. School will give you the next thing to do. And then, you know, a boss will give you the next thing to do. And then after, you know, a certain amount of time, you're going to realize there's nobody telling you what the next best thing is to do. Mm -hmm. And you've got to come up with it yourself. Anyways, that was kind of a long introduction and explanation of what we're going to talk about. But I'm going to break it down to kind of how I apply this concept to my faith. Because once again, with our faith, you know, the Christian faith is just that's based off of this belief, this doctrine that Jesus Christ, he did everything, you know, over 2000 years ago on the cross, that we had this separation from God because of sin. We weren't able to have fellowship with God and we could not make ourselves right before God. Even, you know, the law was there, but nobody was able to upkeep, to keep, keep the law to perfection. And so Jesus Christ, God became man and lived a sinless life and then went to the cross, taking on the penalty of sin, death, and and having that separation from God and taking it to the grave and then conquering sin by rising from the dead. And so our whole faith, our, our whole, you know, religion, if you want to call it that, is based off of a fact, something that happened over 2000 years ago. So now, how, how are we supposed to live? If this happened, if Jesus set us free from sin, if he conquered sin, gave us a relationship with God, then what do we do today? You know, what's the practical thing that we do? And obviously, there are so many instructions in the Bible that tell us that now we are a new, now that we are a new creation in Christ, now that we have fellowship with God, there is a whole list of things that we get to do in Christ. And I always like to think of Colossians 3, that if then, this is what it says, it says, if then you've been risen again with Christ, which that's a rhetorical question because we have been risen again with Christ. So it says, if then you have been risen again with Christ, seek those things which are above. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. And so when I think about that, I'm thinking, okay, well, how can I set my mind on things above, not on things of this earth? think, well, I guess I can read my Bible. That's setting my mind on things above. I can pray. I can talk with the Lord instead of listening to a sports podcast, which there's nothing wrong with that. And I certainly do it from time to time. (laughs) I can listen to a sermon or I can listen to, you know, a more spiritual podcast. That's very practical for me in, in living out this Christian life. Yeah. When I think of Christianity and our faith as a whole, like my ideal in wanting to know the Lord and be able to just speak into other people's lives and have the right verses to share at the right times are like my grandma, Paula, and my mother. I just feel like they're so well-versed in knowing what they believe. And when they go through hard times or when their marriages have gone through hard times, they've been able to come and lean on that. And so for me though, like a practical way to do that is just memorizing a verse a day right now. You know, I don't have tons of time to be in the Word and doing Bible studies. And I think just taking a small action is better than, you know, not doing anything. And just over the years, deepening that relationship with the Lord. And I think that something in our culture today with just modern Christianity is that we don't want to be legalistic. And we don't, you know, have to follow the law like they did in the old testament and stuff like that but sometimes we get so focused on the big picture of the fact that we are free from christ not free from christ that we are free in christ yeah our freedom as believers because we do live under grace and those things that we get away from the practical application of our faith in our day-to-day life yeah 
yeah, like you said, just reading the Bible daily or memorizing a scripture, that can just, that's just a common, that's just a practice that you can apply to your life since you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And it is a way since we do have this now connection to God because of Jesus Christ, we're able to access God the Father. You could exercise that by going to his word mm-hmm. and by meditating on his scripture and by, I guess, talking with him on a daily basis. Yeah, or I think of even the small act of being discipled going to a church regularly. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it's easy to think sometimes we don't need that. Our society so autonomous and individualized. But I think that that's just another really, like, practical way of staying steeped in Christ's church and in 100%. fellowshipping and in learning from different people's perspectives the Word of God. So, I don't know. I just think it's important to kind of juggle those Yes, the big picture, we are free, we are saved, we are living under grace. But then what are some practical things to really live into that freedom, I guess? Yeah, I totally agree. Because I know that for me, when I wrestle with the the question of, well, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to live then? If Christ took care of all my righteousness and he took care of sin and he took care, you know, he, he did it all on the cross and then raising from the dead what do I do? You know, that's what, that's what everybody wants to know. What do I do then? And of course we don't do anything to earn our righteousness. Mm -hmm. We're saved, you know, by grace through faith. It's just believing in that finished work that, that happened over 2000 years ago, but we still get to live a life now in Christ. And I love that the new Testament is filled with these things. And like you said, assembling together as the brethren is a part of this new life in Christ. That's Mm -hmm. what his children do. Those that are his children through faith that are the part of the bread of Christ, they meet together. That's just what you do when you're a child of God. You don't forsake the assembling of the brethren and you meditate on his word day and night and you fellowship with him and you walk freed from sin because you are freed from sin. And so I think that there are these things that we don't have to, we don't have to earn anything, but we get to live in this new reality. Yeah. I like how you say we get to, like, we don't have to do any of these things, but we get to, and they bring so much joy and blessing to our lives. Yes. Amen. All right, so that's kind of some small ways that we, those are some small ways that we apply this to our faith. And then the next thing on our giant five is our marriage. And this is just a huge priority for Katie and I. And not many people, I don't think, especially, yeah, I don't think there's very many people that would opt out of having an awesome marriage if that was a choice. And they're like, okay, do you want a lame (laughs) marriage, an average marriage, or an awesome marriage? I think most people would choose awesome marriage. Mm -hmm. And so just wanting to have an awesome marriage isn't that unique. I think it's a common thing. But then taking practical steps to having an awesome marriage would apparently be far more unique because obviously marriages aren't always successful and they're not always awesome. Yeah, one thing that I think is helpful for this sometimes is instead of just saying awesome marriage or I want a good marriage is, at least for me, was writing down the things that a great marriage looks like. Like in my best case scenario, what does that look like for an incredible long-term marriage? Like being friends after the children are gone and like wanting to hang out together. Yes. Having incredible communication versus having years of built up walls. Right. Having just communication where Elisha knows exactly what I'm thinking and I know exactly what he's thinking and just that deep respect and trust for each other. And then underneath that, after I wrote like, the big picture, what that looked like, I wrote down, okay, what are things that we could do today? You Mm. know, if we're going to be best friends after our children are gone, we need to make time 
for each other without our children now. Yes. Like we have to go on dates. It's not like, oh, we're going to end up, our kids are all going to be out of the house. And then all of a sudden we know how to interact Right. as a couple. If we don't take those times or like, if I want great communication with Elisha, we need to talk through difficult stuff now and build those bridges, build those ties of unity instead of building up years of resentment and like, oh, we don't talk about that. We don't talk about that. Yeah. That's a hot spot, you know, and just building walls by stuffing things down. Because I do think that this think big, act small goes both ways, right? We can take small actions and create a devastating relationship. Oh, I see. Yeah, it can be positive or negative. Yes, yes, that's what I meant. Yeah, you're totally right. So I don't know, but with all these different categories, I guess I just put like, I think we'll eventually come up with a tool for this, <laughs> but just putting what does thinking big look like for you? Like, yeah. what does the ideal look like? And then how does that look today? Yeah, I love like how you went straight to, you know, maybe 25 years from now or 30 years from now when our children are grown and they're out of the house and it's you and me sitting down to dinner as a married couple with with no children around us. How are how are we? You know, what is our marriage like at that point? Are we best friends? And do I just get you and know you and love you? And do you feel the same way about me? Or are we distant? And was our main connection because of our children and just the camaraderie that we found in raising kids? Because obviously that's a natural camaraderie that comes with raising children. Yeah, we definitely have that bond yeah, right now. Exactly. Like we're in it together. We're in it together. So once that's removed, what do we have beyond that? And I love that you went to that because that starts now. Mm -hmm. That, you know, forming that bond and that relationship and that friendship that will be able to sustain us for our entire lives, you know, post raising children and, and in that, you know, older, older stage of life. That's really fun to think about. Yeah, it is. It really is. It just like, I feel like stripped away all the distractions in my brain because in between now and then, who knows what's going to happen? Yep. You know? You're right. You're right. A bunch of things are probably going to happen. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> that we cannot predict. That's good. And I think it's the same thing when, when I consider raising children, you know, which is the third thing in our giant five. And I know for a fact, I want to have a deep relationship with my children. I want to have their hearts. And that's something that I, I know that Katie and I both appreciate so much about our parents is that they disciplined us and they trained us and they taught us God's word but yet they cultivated a relationship with us where they really had our hearts. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so, I mean, who doesn't want that? Everybody want, I want that. I know so many people want that with their children, but how do you do that? You know, how do you cultivate a heartfelt relationship with your children? And again, I don't know. I'm, I'm seeking the Lord on that one on a daily basis. And I feel like I have to humble myself before him daily and ask, ask for his strength and ask for his wisdom. Mm -hmm. Even as I'm seeing Leon as a two-year-old exercising his will and wanting to do his own thing and me, you know, all of a sudden starting to butt heads with him because he wants to do one thing and I want him to do the other. It's like, man, how do you train him up in the way they should go, like God's word says to do, and to teach him, you know, live out a gospel life for them and, and to teach them the gospel, but yet to have a strong, heartfelt relationship with them too. Uh, man, I don't know. It's just like an open-ended question because yeah. it's like, what do you do practically? I think you just have to like trust the Lord for sure yeah. on that because like you and I have seen it, there's not one right way to parent and that every child's different. Our personalities interacting with our children are different. Mm -hmm. The things they're going to come across are different. And 
it's just, it's not a science or someone would be out there cranking out perfect kids 100% yeah. of the time, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm so grateful for the Lord and his faithfulness. Yeah. But yeah, when I think big picture too, I think like you said, a godly legacy, children and grandchildren that yes. love the Lord. Yes. It says that in Proverbs, I think, I'm so bad at my references, but it says that a man's children's children are yep. crowned old men. Yes, that's right. And that makes so much sense. A more secular, I guess, version of that is the quote that you know how well you did in your parenting by how your grandkids turned out. Yep. And I just think like, how do we want those values to transfer down yes. to our grandkids? I want Leon and Lucy to have incredible marriages Yes. that love the Lord and that's such a big daunting thing. And well, like you said, I don't think there's like an exact yeah, formula. way to get there. Yeah. There's no formula, but I think just having them have their hearts love the Lord, you know, there's just all these big picture things. Yeah. I guess. Well, and you even think of that desire. We can make that request made known unto the Lord. Now, you yes, know, we, it just prayer. starts by prayer and making that request, uh, taking that request before the Lord and praying that, to, to God over our children, you know, that they would know him, that they'd serve him and that they'd have a vibrant, you know, relationship with our Lord and savior and that they'd find themselves, they'd find themselves a godly spouse. They can have, you know, a godly marriage and raise up godly children. That would be our grandchildren. Yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy how just this can break down practically to prayer, you know, yeah, like, no, you're so right. I think like humbling ourselves and praying yes. is the first step. Yeah. You're probably right. <laughs> For sure. And it, it's going to take, a lot of pivoting, I think, in the fact that, you know, man plans his way and the Lord directs his steps. Yeah. I think it's good to have, you know, like today I can look at, okay, well, I know that my two-year-old needs consistent discipline in his life. Yeah. I know that he needs to know how to respect authority that way. And just for his own safety. Yes. That's something I need to do. Um, like putting my phone down and engaging with the kids, yep. watching, like, I know that's a practical step I could take today. Yes. Or um, just showing them that my relationship with the Lord is real. Yes. Showing them that I respect their father and hopefully being some kind of role model so that Lucy wants to grow up, you know, to to grow into what I'm exemplifying on a daily basis. You know, what are the kids seeing and Elisha's in my relationship? Yeah. What's yeah. Leon seeing when he's looking for a wife? Right. Like those are just like practical steps I could take today. Yeah. But I know that over time... I don't know. Yeah, We're it's just going to have to learn yeah. and, and pivot and continue yeah. to grow. Yeah. And it's, and I, the last thing I want to say, I think is that the last thing I want to think is that praying is a small act. That's really the biggest act. Mm -hmm. You know, I love, I've probably said this before on this podcast, but our pastor always says prayer is not preparation for the battle. Prayer is the battle. Mm -hmm. That's when, that's what's, that's the real work right there is when you are going to the Lord on your hands and knees in prayer. And I'm, I mean, I'm really convicted and humbled right now just thinking about, how much I've not done that for our children, mm -hmm. you know, or even for our marriage and for our future. And really that should be first and foremost on my mind. Yeah. That is so, so important. It is. Hmm. So Katie, how do you apply the act or no, no, the think big act small to your health? Um, right now it's not very applicable. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> I feel like I'm growing big and acting small. <laughs> <laughs> like that's healthy i that's... think of all my pancakes and my french toast over the last week and like i'm not working out well you do you have uh, needed calories 
I have. I've have. eaten a lot of calories. Which if that's been a good. way that I can act small and I'm thinking very big <laughs> right now. <laughs> Every part of me is big right now. Um, yeah, I think you're probably applying this better than I am. I am napping during the day. Mm. I'd say that's something that is acting small. And another way that I act small is taking supplements daily. Yes. Because long term, again, I think 50 years down the road, I don't want to be on a bunch of medication. And I'm blessed to have two sets of grandparents who didn't take any prescriptions yeah, and who currently aren't on any, any prescriptions because they took supplements yeah. for years. Yeah. So I think that that's another minor thing that over time can lead to being healthy and vibrant. Yeah. I think that's good. I know for me that about two weeks ago, I found myself in a little bit of a crisis kind of mentally, emotionally, physically a little bit. Part of it was from a lack of sleep. I, I was having a really hard time sleeping mm-hmm. and uh, which comes and goes in my life. That's kind of been a common theme over the last few years where I've gone through sometimes weeks and months at a time of not being able to sleep. And so I found myself at this place where I was not sleeping well. I wasn't feeling good. I didn't have the energy that I was used to having. And so the way I just started acting small was I eliminated all sugar <laughs> from my diet. That's right. Yeah. We have been doing that this month. Yeah, it, it, which has been helpful. That's why I've been having so much maple syrup. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think there's <laughs> like sugar in there. Pancakes yeah. and French toast. Yeah. Like, like it's not processed yeah, sugar. Yeah, like processed sugar. We basically sugar. have gone off desserts. Yeah, exactly. Like processed sugar and really sweet stuff. Um, and so I did that and I just made a point to exercise every day. And because, since I think that initially I was like, I just need to sleep more. So I'm going to go to sleep earlier. But the way I... I I guess my relationship with sleep is such that it just really feels out of my control right now. And so I decided to take action on the things that I know I can control, which is my sugar intake and how often I exercise and how, how I exercise. And just in doing those two things, I'm able to see dramatic increase in energy and in my overall Mm -hmm. health, which affects my overall mindset towards life and affects my relationship with you because I'm in a better mood around you. Mm -hmm. I've got more energy around you. And so that's something very practical that I have done very recently. Yeah, no, I think those are great examples for sure. And okay, so moving on to kind of like you put down business, but just the overall using our God-given abilities. Yes. Um, I have shared before about my yearly dream board and that kind of encapsulates business, all my hobbies, all my, you know, passions. And I think it's just such a great way to kind of stay on track, have a North star where you're pointing. This isn't like 30 years down the road or 20 years down the road or whatever. That was supposed to get longer, 30 years down the road or 50 years down the road. Um, it's just one year, but I dreamed really, really big at the start of the year. And I put down some huge saving goals. I put down, you know, writing and publishing a book, which has been a dream of mine since as long as I could remember. I put down huge ministry goals and household goals. And it is so cool to have that big picture to look back on and reflect on. And it's so cool to see taking that yearly dream, I guess, and then I break that down monthly. Elisha and I have our weekly goals that are based off that yearly vision yeah. and my daily to-do list Wow, is based off of that yearly vision. And I think it's just so cool to see these dreams actually come to reality Wow! because I dared to dream big, I guess. Yeah. And, but 
we also have a plan for acting small. Yeah. And I think that had you not putting these down, had you not written down these goals and had something to measure and to kind of quantify when you look backwards, it'd be really easy to feel like we haven't accomplished very much this year. It's always easy to feel like you haven't accomplished very much. Yeah. But then when you go back and and you remember how big of a deal it felt like when you wrote down these dreams just six months ago, that's what it it was six months ago that you're writing down these dreams for the year. It, they felt like it felt like you were kind of being ridiculous, probably. Oh, totally. And Re- you write down so many of them at the same time. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this is silly. This is unrealistic, but I'm still going to do it. But now we look back and you're like, oh, no way. Not only have, am I close to accomplishing a lot of these? I've already accomplished a huge chunk of them, you know, yeah. in half of a year. But you wouldn't feel as much like you accomplished very many things had you not written these down, I don't think. Yeah, I think what you said is so important. That measuring backwards. Successful yes. people measure backwards. And I think it's easy for Elisha and I right now in the stage we're at to be like, we've wanted these books that we've written to be out in the world. We want people to be reading them or we want his album to be done. Yes. And then I look back at that dream board and when I wrote, I want to write a book this year, I didn't have any concept of what the book was going to be about. Wow. We didn't know it was going to be two separate books for couples. We didn't know they were to be workbooks. We didn't know we had, didn't have one word on paper. Yes. And to think, wow, in six months, all of that came together. Wow. That is so cool. Yep. You're right. And I think likewise with your album, you didn't even know who was going to produce it. That's right. Had you written any songs for it yet? Yeah, I had written a couple songs, but I had no idea how I was going to get it recorded, who I was going to use for an engineer or for a producer. None of that had fallen fallen into place. And here we are six months later. And like you said, if we don't measure backwards and see all that's transpired and all that's, you know, come to pass, then it's just easy to look forward and think of all things that are left undone. I think, man, why is my album not done yet? Or why are our books not published yet? Why is it taking so long? But then you look backwards and you go, oh my goodness, we've accomplished so much. And that puts you in a far better frame of mind to keep moving forward. Yes. Rather than staying in that gap between where you want to be, because you're always going to be wanting to be somewhere, you know, further down the road. Yeah. The goal keeps growing. It does. And that's something my dad mentioned a lot. I think it's, again, become more of a popular term in business coaching, but it's you can't stay in the gap. Yes. Because as you get closer to your goals, your goals get further away. And the fact that our dreams keep growing, you know, we keep thinking, oh, we want to be bigger and better. That's right. And it's easy. The gap will always be there. That's right. We will always have a gap between us and our dreams. Right. Right. So instead of being discouraged with that, use that as a reason to look back and measure backwards and see where, from where you've come, you know, and see all of you you've accomplished. That's much more rewarding. (laughs) It is way more rewarding. Yeah. I think you're totally right. That's fun. And that just gets me excited. Even think it's about halfway through the year right now. And not only, yeah. And you've just accomplished a lot on your dream board. Yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable. As well. I mean, for someone who never followed through with, you know, the yearly resolutions or the yearly goals, right? I'm just really, really thankful for where we're at yes, today. Me too. Yeah, it's been really good. Right on, Katie. Well, is there anything else you want to say to kind of summarize this episode? Not yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that. Yeah. Yeah. Not. Not me either. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, there you guys have it. You have the. Think big, act small principle. Yes. And like Elisha said, it's really simple, but I think a lot of profound things in life are sometimes it's nice to have 
little simple quotes or I know for me, ever since I heard Elisha say this, it just comes to mind all the time Mm. of just that balance Uh, because we can't just think big and we can't just act small. Right. We have to have that balance. And obviously Elisha and I are still learning. I just, we want to make that clear. Hopefully that's clear in every single podcast that we don't at all know what we're doing. We're just sharing what we're learning in the moment. A hundred percent. This is very real time. Uh, for for you guys, for where we're currently at in our life and what we're learning and growing in. And uh, yeah, and then, you know, we've got, we want to continue to grow. I just want to be a lifelong learner and uh, developing these tools and, and, and thought processes that help us grow. Yeah. You know, I hear Leon up at the top of the stairs, so... Yeah. We should probably wrap this up and yeah. get him back in his bed. <laughs> I guess so. Thanks for listening, you guys, to this episode. Just thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast. Katie and I were just talking this afternoon about how rewarding it is to just be able to share our life and to kind of have this transparent conversation with you with you folks that are listening about what we're learning, what we're going through, where we want to go in our life. And um, I don't know, it's really fun. We're so grateful that you guys are along on this journey with us um, as we're you know just trying, trying our best to seek the Lord, see what he has for us, and to just live a full and abundant life under the Lord's blessing. Yeah, I just, uh, one last thing. I think it's pretty cool just thinking about the dream board. Our goal was to start a podcast. Yep, there this you year. go. We didn't yes. know anything about starting a podcast, and now we're almost to 200 reviews. Wow! And that's just incredible. Like yeah. you guys have blown our minds. Yes. So thank you so much for being a part of that. Yes, thank you guys. It's a huge blessing, and I hope you continue listening. Talk to you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>